Joshua chapter 7 verse 1 But the children of Israel committed a trespass concerning the devoted thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the devoted thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. One man violated the rule to devote everything to God, so he must have seen some riches that he wanted for himself. And all of that was supposed to be burned, or if it was metal, it was supposed to be given for the temple. Everything else was supposed to be burned. God knows, but nobody else knows who did it. 2. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke unto them, saying, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. Ai is a town, and Joshua wants to take this new town, but he has no idea that Achan, the son of Carmi, has trespassed against the Lord. 3. And they returned to Joshua, and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite eye. Make not all the people to toil thither, for they are but few. The spies told Joshua, We don't need everybody to fight. If just a few thousand fight, we'll win. But the problem is, nobody knows that Achan has sinned, and that God is angry with him. And they can't win if God isn't with them. 4. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai, meaning they were humiliated in battle, and they actually had to retreat. They could not take the city, and they had to run for their lives. 5. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men. So thirty-six men died of the Israelites, and they chased them from before the gate even unto Shebarim, and smote them at the descent, and the hearts of the people melted and became as water. The people lost all their spirit. They're like, we thought we were going to take the city with 3,000 men, and they were totally humiliated, and some of them died. And now what are we going to do? 6. And Joshua rent his clothes, because remember, tearing your clothes in the Bible is always a sign of mourning. Also, putting ashes on your head is a sign of mourning. He tore his clothes. He was upset because he knew that God was angry with them because they should have won that battle. Joshua knew that God is not with them anymore and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust upon their heads. They were mourning before the ark. God is God. The problem today is that a lot of preachers think that God is like a computer that you can press a button and you get what you want instantly. And God does not work that way. We have to wait on Him. He doesn't wait on us. We're the ones who have to be patient and wait for Him to speak. Joshua was patient and just laid on his face all evening and just waited on the Lord. He didn't expect God to give him an immediate answer about what was going on. And you and I shouldn't expect that either. We should always expect an answer, but we shouldn't expect it on our time frame. 7. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over the Jordan, to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to cause us to perish? Would that we had been content and dwelt beyond the Jordan. Joshua is actually complaining, which is a sign of low faith. His world has been shattered because they had this huge victory in Jericho, and he believed that they were going to have victory everywhere they went. As far as he knows, they're still obeying the Lord. Joshua is actually confused and starts complaining. 
8. O Lord, what shall I say after that Israel hath turned their backs before their enemies? He's like, what am I going to tell the people? Our warriors are too afraid to fight. 9. For when the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land hear of it, they will compass us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do for thy great name? He's saying, since we ran from this battle, because we had to, because the people of Ai were too strong, now all the pagans are going to think that they can conquer us and they're going to come to destroy us and it won't make you look good. 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore now art thou fallen upon thy face. The Lord told Joshua, Stand up. And this is what Joshua doesn't know. See, he should be confronting the sinner, Achan, but he doesn't know that. And so God is saying, Why are you pleading with me? You need to go confront the one who sinned. 11. Israel hath sinned, yea, they have even transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. Yea, they have even taken of the devoted thing, and have also stolen, and dissembled also, and they have even put it among their own stuff. Yea means yes. God is confirming this is what has happened. Somebody has stolen the devoted thing that should have gone to the Lord. 12. Therefore the children of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies, because they are become accursed. I will not be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. God is saying, the man who stole the devoted thing has to die. Otherwise, I'm never going to be with you in battle again, and you will continue to lose all your battles. Why is God so strict? It's because he's holy. Again, we come back to his holiness. He will never compromise himself. He's perfection. And that's why we cannot enter heaven until we are perfect. That's why we're going to be made perfect when we meet Jesus in the sky. Corruption cannot enter heaven. It can't be in his presence. And because God is dwelling with the Israelites in the ark, he can't have corruption around him. He can't shake hands with sin. He never will. That's who he is, and that's good. I'm glad he's a holy God. But it means that we have to be cleansed and made whole to approach him. 13. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, There is a curse in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies, until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. 14. In the morning, therefore, ye shall draw near by your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come near by families, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come near by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come near man by man. How are they going to know who the Lord is choosing? It's the high priest's ephod. All the tribes of Israel, like the chiefs of each tribe, will stand before the priest, and then the ephod will light up which tribe the Lord is singling out. The stone that represents that tribe will become bright, and then everybody will know that's the tribe. The other 11 chiefs will go sit down. But then all the heads of the families within the tribe of the one chief whose stone lit up, they'll all stand. And then the Urim and the Thummim, one of them will light up yes or no for each of those households. When the head of the family who comes up, when the ermine lights up, they'll be like, oh, it's in your family. The sin is in your family. Then from there, all the family patriarchs from that family will have to come up one by one to see if they get the ermine or the thumen to light up until it gets down to one man and they know who that man is. 
15. And it shall be that he that is taken with a devoted thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought a wanton deed in Israel. It's assumed, and rightfully, that if this man is covetous and stole from God and lied about it, didn't tell anyone, that he would also not be teaching his children character either, and they would grow up to be liars 16. So Joshua rose up early in the morning, and brought Israel near by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. 17. And he brought near the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerahites, and he brought near the family of the Zerahites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. 18. And he brought near his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. So now they know who the man is. 19. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide nothing from me. Joshua is saying, You need to tell the truth, because we all know the truth anyway. Give God glory and speak the truth. 20. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Of a truth I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. So he explained to them all that he did and what he stole from Jericho. Now, it's really good that Akin told the truth. He's going to die anyway. But it's really good that the last thing he did was to tell the truth. Only the Lord knows if he went to heaven, but maybe he was forgiven. But he still had to die because he had to be an example to the rest of the Israelites. Now, if Akin had stood up there and boldly continued to lie, then I would know he went to hell for sure. But as it is, I'm not sure. Because God is so merciful, it's incredible. 21. When I saw among the spoil a goodly shinar mantle, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of fifty shekels weight, then I coveted them, and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. So he told them exactly what he took, and exactly where he put it. 22. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran unto the tent, and behold, it was hid in his tent, and the silver under it, just as he had said. 23. And they took them from the midst of the tent, and brought them unto Joshua, and unto all the children of Israel, and they laid them down before the Lord. 24. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the mantle, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them up unto the valley of Achor. Achan is going to get devoted, him and his family, because he didn't completely devote all of Jericho to the Lord. The curse came back on him. Jericho was cursed as a devoted thing, but because he took from the devoted thing, that curse came to him. So then he became a devoted thing, him and his family. We can't judge. We're not God. But some of those people might have gone to heaven. Only God knows. But if he had been allowed to live after telling the truth, then everybody in Israel would get the wrong point. They would think, oh, it's okay to steal as long as you tell the truth later. That's why he had to die, because it's never okay to steal. Even if you tell the truth later, it's stealing is still a sin, especially if you're stealing from the Lord. So that's why he had to die. 25. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. God never allows torture. He never allows people to be burned to death. Whenever in the Bible it says to burn them and hang them, it always means kill them first, then hang the corpse, or kill them first and then burn the corpse. They always kill the person first and then they hang them or burn them. But pagans and evil people will burn people alive. That's totally satanic. 
26. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day, and the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Acre unto this day. After he was dust, then they covered him in stones, so that even the animals wouldn't uncover him. And that's because they don't want any evil in the land of Israel. And that concludes Joshua chapter 7.